We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Hood, 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 hood! This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson. Zach Pearson. And Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming. Providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. The 53-man roster is set. Most of the practice squad is set, and it's been a very active past 48 hours for the Chicago Bears with cut-downs, signings, and establishing that uh, practice squad as the focus now shifts to week one against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest moves by the Chicago Bears as they begin that preparation and kind of what to expect moving forward, as well as a little bit of what Ryan Pace said today as he met the media on Wednesday at Hallis Hall. Before we get into that, though, we need to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, it's just been kind of a wild 48 hours here um, with the Bears moves. And, uh, of course, the Bears were late with a lot of the moves in terms of announcing them. Well, are we are we, su- are we <laughs> no, surprised not, by that? No. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, exactly. That's just the Bears' way. Yeah, it's you know what's weird though is it, it's it's one of those things where you know in years past you basically you had that what is it that seventy two hour window from the end of the game you, you know into the preseason finale into you know making all your roster moves, but it, it's weird because you know in years past obviously you know the the final preseason games on a Thursday and then everything happens on a Saturday practice squads are set on a Sunday. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're less than a week, a week away from week one. I mean, you're into practice and, you know, everything's getting ready for week one. And it's a little different this year, obviously, because we're sitting here talking about it on a Wednesday when this would normally be the Sunday before the season. And we've still got this weekend and then all of next week before we even get to week one. So it's a little bit weird of a feeling and things, it seems like teams have kind of taken a different approach in the, in the fact that, you know, this year, and we saw it with the bears and obviously we'll get into the cuts, but, you know, a lot of teams cut vested veterans that didn't have to go through the waiver wire. So that way they could kind of keep some of the guys that they really wanted on the practice squad or they were a little bit more worried about, you know, through that first wave. Cause you know, that first wave of claims happened today. And then after this, you'll see little trickles here and there from guys getting cut or whatever. And, you know, a few guys will go through the waiver wire, but not a lot of, not a lot of guys will get claimed. There's 27 claims today. I mean, it was, 
it was a big day in terms of, you know, teams making moves and doing different things. And I think we've seen a little bit different of approach so far this year from NFL teams, just in the terms of, you know, cut those vested veterans that way they don't have to go through the wave wire say, Hey, we're going to cut you. We're going to bring you back after, you know, we sneak these guys on the practice squad or sneak them through the wave wire and hopefully get them on the practice squad, you know, get everything situated. And we saw the same thing with the bears today. And I know a lot of people yesterday were kind of, a little panicked on how the, the 53 man played out. Uh, there were some weird mechanics, obviously with, with Tevin Jenkins going on IR, but you didn't want him gone for the season. So, you know, you had to do that today and then cutting a few other veterans, only keeping four corners and seven linebackers. I mean, we got a lot to unpack. Yeah. And it was kind of a weird, you know, I'll say 24 hours here um, since the bears had to make the roster cuts and get down to 53, then establish that practice squad. And like you said, you know, there were some moves that fans were kind of shaking their heads at and asking why, but in the end, you know, the bears pretty much got the guys that they wanted back on their practice squad. Um, and a couple of players they actually cut back on their roster, but yeah, it's kind of weird now because of these whole new rules and new new format with the cuts, you know, the, the tiers that they have over the past couple weeks here, every Tuesday, you essentially cut down your roster. But yeah, we're fresh off of essentially what was the Jesper Horstead game on Saturday night against the Tennessee Titans. And now the Bears have about 10 days um, to, to prepare for the Los Angeles Rams and week one is going to be here right before we know it. And I know you probably share the same thoughts, but my confidence for this team, uh, you know, has kind of gone down a little bit from where it was at the start of training camp and the start of preseason. And there's a lot of factors why. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of something, you know, going into the preseason and in a training camp, you know, we, we, kind of shook down the roster, all 90 guys, you know, the different positions and, you know, what things look like. And I think, at the time, we both agreed that there were two really big trouble spots, and that was the offensive line, and that was cornerback. And at least with the offensive line, I mean, really even corner as well. I mean, the offensive line, all of a sudden, you don't have Tevin Jenkins there and, and you know, uh, the, the injuries and, you know, the lack of molding and everything else that's happened in terms of the, the starting offensive line. And then you look over at corner – and the one guy you're kind of hoping that will kind of grab a hold of that second corner spot and Desmond true fonts, not even on the roster. So yeah, I, you know, it, and I know people seem to think that, you know, it's like people just being negative for the sake of being negative. No, I wish I didn't have to sit here and go into a season thinking the bears are going to be lucky to have, you know, an over 500 record this year. I just, you look at their roster and you compare it to a lot of different teams and, Right now, the Bears have their strong points. I think line, you know, inside linebacker, defensive line. I think you can make an argument for outside linebacker as well. Um, I, I feel like receivers probably as deep as it has been in a while. Um, you know, there are different spots. Running backs probably another one as well. There are different spots on the roster where I think they're really strong. But I think when you look at the important aspects and the important positions on the depth chart of the roster quarterback i mean andy dalton isn't going to lead you to the promised land you know the offensive line again kind of feeding into andy dalton is a big issue right now you look over at the defense side of the ball for as much as everybody wants to hope that sean desai is going to come in here and make this defense elite again it's going to be really hard to do that when your number one corner is jalen johnson going in her second year who's had his own injury concerns and then behind him you really don't know what you have so it's there are, there are key concerns or there are a lot of concerns at key positions. And 
you know, I know a lot of people look at the, their starting, you know, their starting lineup, you know, whether that's on the offensive side or the defense side of the ball and say, well, they're pretty good in most spots. Okay. Well, that may be true, but then you start really looking at the depth and some of the other questions that they have. And it's just one of those things where I think the bears will be able to hang tough, but as soon as they start sustaining injuries, I think that's when things are really going to go south. And again, I mean, the biggest question that is going to be on a lot of people's minds until we start seeing in the regular season is going to be the quarterback play. Because again, I've been a big proponent in thinking that the defense is going to have another drop off this year. And I think the only way that you can counteract that is with a better offense. And if you don't have legitimate, better quarterback play, then I don't see how that's going to happen. So yeah, my outlook on this season is not great at all. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. Um, before the season started, I said probably, you know, eight, nine. I think if everything went well, 10 wins. Um, right now, I'm kind of sitting at like that six win, seven win mark. And I think, you know, the, the biggest needs on this roster are two huge needs with, you know, offensive lines, a big question mark right now. Defensive backs, a big question mark right now, like you said. And those are positions where, you can't kind of just patch up things and expect it to work. You actually need solid players in there. Otherwise, you know, on defense, you're going to get torched, especially when you have to face Aaron Rodgers twice a year and you have to face Tom Brady this year, Matthew Stafford this year, um, Baker Mayfield, quarterbacks like that. And then on offense, you know, I think Justin Fields should be starting, but their offensive line is really bad either way. And I think that's going to cause problems for both quarterbacks, no matter who is starting they have to get that right. They have to get those two tackle spots solidified. And so far in this preseason, I haven't seen anything to show me or make me feel confident that they can be really good on those tackle spots. Let's kind of get into the moves that the Bears have made. Um, and we'll start with the cuts. And right away, you know, let's just say this. The roster or the cuts right before the initial 53-man roster, it's all fluid. It's going to change before week one as it did. The Bears opted to keep seven inside linebackers, and now we kind of know why. Danny Trevathan's going on IR with a reported knee injury. Uh, Brad Biggs says it's going to be short-term IR. Still, that's that all, especially for a guy got a brand-new contract um, in the offseason and you know is eating up a good amount of salary cap in terms of cap hit. You look at cornerback, and they kept four guys. They kept Jalen Johnson. They kept um, Duke Shelley, and they kept Kendall Wilder. And, um, oh, Xavier Crawford. Xavier Crawford. What the, yeah. And then what the hell is that? Xavier Crawford out of all the guys that they could have kept. Why him? Yeah, exactly. That was the, probably the weirdest move. I didn't even have him on my radar for even making. I did not either. I did not either. I don't think I included him on on my practice squad mock as well. And they, they did cut Artie Burns, Desmond Trufant and Marquis Christian, but two of them are now back. And, um, yeah, the other one that kind of was interesting for me was keeping five tight ends. And obviously you look at it and JP Holtz is probably their best blocking tight end, but is he really worth holding a roster spot for what the Bears want to do right now? Was there anything else that was kind of shocking to you, Aaron, in those initial cuts before we get into who actually returned? Well, I thought it was a little interesting that originally off the bat, they kept five receivers, but you know, as we've kind of seen things play out a little bit, obviously, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of sad. I mean, Rodney Adams had a great preseason and unfortunately, you know, he made the initial 53 and that was kind of a point that a lot of us were trying to make yesterday that the initial 53 that these teams set are nowhere near, you know, set in stone. And obviously as we saw today, the bears, 
you know, made a, uh, you know, made a claim for a guy. I can't even remember the guy's name right now. He's a special teamer. That's terrible. I should probably remember this guy's name. And then obviously Rashad Perriman's also on the way as well, which is kind of funny considering he was supposed to be the Lions number two and they randomly cut him. I don't know what that was about. And again, I mean, you know, I don't expect anything big from him, but I think what we're seeing at receiver is they're putting a giant emphasis on speed right now, which, hey, I'm fine with that. But, you know, outside of that, really, there weren't any true surprises. Uh, maybe Lachavia Simmons making the roster. I mean, I guess, you know, because basically they carried 10 guys and obviously with, uh, with Jenkins going on IR, it's down to nine, but it seems a little redundant to me because you already have Larry Borum who they see is apparently just a left tackle. Um, and then, you know, you have uh, Isaiah Wil- or, no, sorry, not Isaiah Wilkinson. Uh, uh, what's his name? Elijah Wilkinson. There we go. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson that can also play left and right tackle and all, you know, interior spots. You have Alex Bars who can also play all five spots. I mean, he's literally lined up at all five spots throughout his time with the bears and then you got, got a guy in Lachavia Simmons who really, by all accounts, was not good at all, really, this entire preseason. I guess the first preseason game, he's okay. They got a really good look at him. He was a former seventh-round pick from, you know, two years ago, sixth or seventh, I can't even remember anymore, a late-round pick. Um, but either way, he seems kind of redundant to me just in the fact that it's like you have four – well, you have three of your – well, I guess three of, you know, three of your three reserves or three of your four reserves that can play the interior and, you know, obviously the tackle spots. And, you know, I, I would assume that if they needed Larry Borm to slide in the guard, I mean, that he did that at Missouri. So I'm assuming he can do that now. Um, but the fact that all three of these guys can play tackle, it doesn't really make any sense to keep a guy like Simmons who's tackle only. I don't know. It just, you know, again, that's kind of nitpicking if we're being completely honest, because I think at this point in time, you know, you, you look at corner and I know a lot of people had this hope that the bears are going to go out and make some, you know, fantastic move at corner of the offensive line. I mean, there was just no talent on the offensive line. I mean, that's really what it came down to. I mean, Jason Peters was one of the best remaining guys and that's who they got and that's who they're going to roll with that left tackle. And then at corner, it's kind of one of those those spots. And I didn't even actually see what ended up happening with Jimmy Moreland today. He's a guy that I thought maybe, you know, and I I, can't, I don't I think he still had to go through the waiver wire because I don't think he's been in the league. I don't think he's a vest veteran. But there were a few different names at corner where I was a little interested to see if the Bears are going to make a move, and obviously they didn't. Um, so it I don't know, man. It's just again like you look at there's so many unknowns, and there's and and to to be nice about it i mean you're kind of calling them unknowns when you know you've kind of seen like marky christians bounced around Artie burns was you know the high round pick he was a first round pick at one point and you know pittsburgh again didn't want him and, and he's bounced around and then you look at what kendall vildor and duke shelley did uh the last two seasons or you know the rookie seasons in this preseason they really haven't done much so it's kind of one of those things where, yes, development can happen. These guys are you know, definitely still young, but at the same time, calling them an unknown is almost polite at this point because really the concern areas are concern areas because there hasn't been good play there. And I think that those drop-offs at those key positions uh, and the fact that there really isn't moves that they can make or that they haven't made or you know, kind of what's concerning when you look at this roster and you realize that Minnesota's better, Green Bay's still really good, and it's just really hard to see without some luck and without some things really going well 
how the Bears are going to have even a, a real path to, you know, a bottom end wildcard spot at this point. And, and, you know, we've talked about the Bears are kind of relying on a lot of veterans and they've given on a lot of bad deals. You look at Nick Foles, he's holding a roster spot for someone that, you know, could have made the 53. You don't want to carry three quarterbacks, especially when you're already promising Andy Dalton the starting spot and your plan is to go to Justin Fields. It's kind of Nick Foles, kind of a waste of a roster spot, but they are holding, you know, or, or, or kind of relying on these veterans to have big years and kind of, I like to use the analogy, just kind of patchworking everything up. Like I said in the chat the other day that we're in, if you've watched Vegas vacation, they have like a bunch, you know, there's a part where he goes to Hoover dam and there's a leak and they take a piece of bubble gum and he tries to put it in the hole to fix a leak. And then another leak springs. And that's kind of what's happening with the bears they are trying to plug in veterans at, at where they, you know, younger guys, other looks. And I think there were some younger guys that, you know, are on the practice squad now that might've deserved looks on the 53 man roster to start and, you know, kind of develop them as along the way. doesn't seem like the bears are kind of going that route. And, you know, it's a little worrisome because we do know it is a, it's gotta be a win year, win now year for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. But at the same time, you have to develop talent. The bears are going to have the oldest average roster in the NFL at 27 years old this year. That's crazy. Like we never would have thought the Bears would be in that situation. But you look and you have Robert Quinn, you have Jason Peters, guys like Nick Foles, players like that, veterans that are on these deals to kind of help patchwork some, you know, uh, holes they have and and hope that they can take off and and be, you know, a solution. When in reality they might not be a solution. They're kind of just really being hampered down by these contracts. Now looking at yesterday and kind of what happened, the Bears made some moves today. Um, early in the morning before they officially sent out their practice squad. And, you know, guys like Daz Newsom and Artavis Pierce, Thomas Graham, Charles Snowden were all guys that were cut, but they all cleared waivers and the Bears were able to put them back on their practice squad. But the Bears did make one waiver claim. And it was the guy you were talking about, uh, Nasimba Webster, the former Los Angeles Rams and, and San Francisco 49ers wide receiver. And the main reason why for this signing it's essentially practice or not practice squad. I'm sorry, return. He's got returnability. He's returned 32 kicks and I believe 18 punts in the last couple of years, um, split between the Rams and the 49ers. So it's kind of interesting to see them go with the five wide receivers to start. And then they bring in Webster. They wave Rodney Adams, um, who made the team. He's a terrific story. He should have made the team. He was deserving of it. And now they're bringing in Rashad Perryman. Well, the deal's not done yet, uh, but they're adding another wide receiver. They're going to go with six, and then they put Daz Newsom on the uh, practice squad. Um, Isaiah Coulter's on the practice squad. John V. Johnson's on the practice squad. And now um, Rodney Adams will likely also be on the practice squad when he clears waivers. Looking at defensive back, you know, on this practice squad, they kept Thomas Graham and Tease Tabor. But like we were saying, the initial four were kind of odd, and it's a big hole. And the only thing the Bears did to address it is they pretty much brought back Artie Burns and Marquis Christian. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's funny because as you're like as you were talking about the receivers, something that's kind of stuck with me over the last you know day or so, and kind of watching how they've made their decisions. Really going back to this off season, speed has been a clear thing for them, right? And it's been a clear point of emphasis, which is kind of bringing me back to 
you know, and I've, I've beat the drum on this and you have as well, you know, with the whole Allen Robinson situation, I'm almost kind of wondering if they just don't see Allen Robinson's skill set in terms of his lack of speed and, you know, just his overall size as a whole in terms of him just being kind of the bigger guy is the skill set that they want at the receiver position. It's just kind of a random thought that I've been kind of wondering, because like you, you pointed out, I mean, if you look at what they have, on their roster right now in terms of receivers. I mean, they have one possession guy and that's Allen Robinson. Don't get me wrong. I think Allen Robinson's a great receiver. I think he should fit into any offense, but I think when you look at the profile, you're talking about Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, um, you know, even Rodney Adams before he got cut was kind of more of a speed guy as well. And then obviously, you know, you're going to bring in Brashad Perryman. Perryman was the guy that ran a 4-2-4 and a 4-2-7 at the combine. You know, he was, he was actually – somebody that some people had kind of wondered if maybe he would end up uh, floating over Kevin white as a top 10 pick back in that draft class as crazy as that sounds, you know, and God, you start like looking, ago. I know. Right. <laughs> and then you start looking at you know, uh, Isaiah Coulter is kind of another speed guy. Uh, the same thing with John Vea Johnson, you know, they're it's clear that they have a type at receiver and I respect it. I respect the fact that the bears are trying to get faster. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't go after Kiki QT because he was another guy at Texas Tech. I mean, he really hadn't done much uh, when he was with the Texans, but he was a guy at Texas Tech, man. He was a he was a weapon. He was almost kind of like Tavon Austin light. You know, he's just kind of one of those smaller, quicker, you know, uh, playmaking kind of guys. But anyway, you know, but yeah, you, you look at corner right now, and I'm just, unless one of – one of the, you know, the unknowns right now kind of steps up. I just don't see a lot of upside outside of Jalen Johnson. And that really concerns me because again, in my opinion, it's never too early to start looking, you know, into the future, because let's be honest here. I mean, Ryan Pace made it very clear today that Andy Dalton's their guy and that Justin Fields will, will play when he's quote unquote ready but they're not looking to rush him. So, and again, I still think he's going to play. I still think he's going to play decently early, but the bears are kind of telling you right now that their future is not right now. Their future is not 2021. So I think you kind of have to look towards next year. And the fact is the bears are going to roll over next to nothing in cap space this year. Then next year, you know, you're talking about having to figure out what you're going to do with Danny Trevathan. Uh, You know, Jimmy Graham will finally be off the books um, obviously you got to figure out what you're going to do with Robert Quinn, you know, Nick Foles is going to be finally cuttable next year. Um, you know, stuff like that, but you know, the bears, like you look at it and the bears are going to be like top 11, top 12 in cap space, at least projected right now, but they also have a lot of free agents. I mean, James Daniels is going to be a free agent. Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent. Bilal Nichols is going to be a free agent. There are a lot of different names, uh, you know, basically all of their receivers outside of, uh, you know, uh, outside of Darnell Mooney are all going to be free agents. Like, So you can look at their cap figure and say, oh, yeah, well, they look to be in good shape. But when you start really understanding what they need to do and the fact that they're still going to have those those little remnants of those cans that they've kicked down the road after the last few years, you know, with the different void years and the different dead money and stuff that they're going to have, they're still not going to be in a great position. So it's kind of one of those things where you want to start seeing some upside at some of these spots where even if you're not, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. You're still hoping for some upside. And I think really at corner, that's going to be a position. Cause again, I mean, like I said, they got one guy under contract going into 2022, uh, you know, at receiver right now. 
And then, you know, you start looking, the offensive line's going to have some questions just because of, you know, the nature of the injuries and everything else. I mean, there's going to be questions all over this roster. You need to start finding some answers at some of these positions. And again, I don't mean to be overly negative here, but there's just not a lot of upside. Like you pointed out, man, they're, they're, they're the oldest roster in the league right now, 27 years old. I know a lot of people are like, wow, 27 years old, that's not that big of a deal. But when you consider that, Usually the draft class is what's, you know, kind of keeping things at a lower age. And the fact that the bears haven't kept a whole lot from the draft class over the last few years, it's, it's a concerning situation because the bears are clearly facing a retool. And if they're not careful, they're going to be facing a rebuild with a quarterback on a rookie contract, which is not good because you should be capitalizing on having a quarterback on a rookie contract. And it's just, it's not a good sign that they have such an old roster. I know people keep saying, well, Jimmy Graham will be gone next year and Jason Peters will be gone. And, you know, Nick Foles will be gone and Akeem Hicks will be gone. And so you're getting rid of guys, you know, in their thirties and that's fine. But at the same time, it's still a a spot where, again, you look at this roster and you look at what they're going to have next year. And there's a lot of holes and there's a lot of questions and there's just not a lot of answers that were answered during the preseason. I just, you know, and again, I don't think they're going to be awful this year. I think they're still going to be pretty competitive and they'll probably be in the playoff race come November. You know, even if it's on the outside looking in, we'll have to see what happens in December. It's nice that they have 17 games to kind of figure things out. But at the same time, I, I, I think the outlook for this team moving into this season in terms of, what we know going into week one versus what it was last year. And, you know, just in terms of like expecting them to compete, I think the outlook for last year's team, even with the quarterback position, the way it was, is looking better than it is this year, just for the simple fact, we don't know when Justin Fields is going to play. I mean, if you ask the bears, he's not going to play at all this year. Obviously we know that's not going to be the case, but we also know that, their plans for Justin Fields isn't to rush him in at any point when things go south. Obviously, we'll we'll see if that happens, but I don't know, man. Like the Bears' offseason moves tell you that they're trying to compete, but how they're managing their roster and what the roster actually looks like tells you that they're on the verge of a retool and they're just basically trying to figure their roster out for, you know, better days moving into 2022. Yeah, no, it's just not a good situation. And that's where I kind of go back to getting the most out of these young guys and letting them play and learn. I don't think it's going to be a year where the bears are going to contend for the playoffs. That's just me, but you know, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm especially in Justin Fields. And if you ask the bears, they're so coy and quiet about it all. They're going to give you the standard answers that they want to give you that they've always given you and they're just going to kind of talk out of their ass in a way um, to make everyone feel better about Justin Fields and it doesn't work they're sticking to their plan they're going with Andy Dalton and it's just going to be a matter of time in my eyes before Justin Fields starts I think it's really going to be sooner than later I don't think you can keep a kid like who has a talent like this on the bench too long Um, but they are the Bears so we really shouldn't be surprised by anything that happens We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kind of transitioning over now. Let's talk a little bit about what Ryan Pace said today. And uh, spoiler, he didn't say much. This press conference was to the media only, wasn't broadcasted anywhere. Um, and it's pretty much the last time we'll get to talk to Ryan Pace until the season is over. He does not really do any in-season interviews unless he's talking to WBBM occasionally during the year. But Aaron, there really wasn't a lot said um, in terms of the tough questions that were asked, you know, with Justin Fields, with Tevin Jenkins, with Tariq Cohen, but there were some things that, you know, came up um, in terms of injuries, especially Danny Trevathan, especially Tariq Cohen, um, Tevin Jenkins. Those are the kind of the three main injuries right now. And those are three of the ones that Ryan Pace uh, addressed. And again, he didn't really say much. I did find an interesting quote that he said um, essentially about, Tevin Jenkins were those symptoms. And he said, without getting into details, he started having some pain down his leg. Uh, I think just from the nerve. And so when you have the surgery, you can alleviate that symptom. In fact, it already has, he's in really good place right now. It's just big steps going forward. That tells me that there's something definitely happened, like a setback with Jenkins before training camp. That'd be my best guess as to what happened. Um, and then he also offered up an answer when he was asked if um, the back you know, injury in college was a reason why he slipped. And he pretty much just said, I'm not sure about that. I, I'm not sure what other teams did. Um, he went through, you know, their medical information that they trusted and all that stuff. The other one, and I want to get your opinion on this is it's pretty clear that Tariq Cohen suffered a setback and had a second surgery because he's been asked, Ryan Pace has been asked on Wednesday and Matt Nagy was asked on Monday about it. And both were very, very coy with their answers. They wouldn't say yes or no. And the way that they talked about it screams to me that he had a second surgery and he's just nowhere close to being ready to go. Despite Ryan Pace saying today, he is day to day. Yeah, I, Man, it's one of those situations where, you know, very clearly something happened here, you know, whether it was a second surgery to go in and clean some stuff up or whatever, it you know, maybe clearly he had some sort of second procedure. And obviously that's not to say like, you know, it restarted the, the clock, but what it does say is it sounds like there might've been a little bit more damage than originally expected. And I mean, you, you noted it right right at the beginning, well, really even going back to OTAs and minicamp back in June, I mean, you were the one that was talking about how Tariq Cohen wasn't walking normally. And then all of a sudden you get in a training camp and Tariq Cohen is not walking normally again. And all of a sudden fans start showing up and they start seeing it for themselves. It's, it's a situation where luckily I think the bears are completely fine. I mean, you know, would it be nice to have Tariq Cohen in the offense? Well, absolutely it would, but you also want him in there, at full strength and not, you know, a shell of his former self because he's still an undersized guy. And if he doesn't have that speed and that quickness, then he's not going to be an effective player. He's going to be essentially Garrett Wolf. And we all saw how that went. It didn't. So I just, it's just really weird. It, 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 it continues to be really strange that the bears and I get it, you know, no, no NFL team is usually overly forthcoming about injuries, but 
you know, it's like, it would be kind of nice to know, you know, what the heck happened with Cohen. It'd also be kind of nice to know what exactly, what, you know, what kind of surgery did Tevin Jenkins have? Because, you know, Ryan Pace basically said something today. Well, you know, said that they're hoping to get him back, you know, at some point this season. Well, of course you are. I mean, if you weren't, then you would have IR'd him two weeks ago when he had the surgery. You clearly took him onto the, the initial roster and then put him on IR today because you know that IR only lasts for three weeks, which means basically anytime from week four on, he can come back. Now, I don't think that'll be the case. I think Greg Gabriel was the one who thinks that probably about six, seven weeks into it is when they'll start trying to work him back in. And obviously we'll have to kind of see how things go from there, but it's just, it, it remains strange to me. The other one that I thought was a little interesting was, you know, it was weird how Akeem Hicks earlier in the off season, basically they let him, you know, go out and seek a trade. Obviously that didn't work. And then all of a sudden he changed his tune to, he wants to basically finish his career with the bears and I love Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks has been a really good player with the Bears, but let's be honest here. The Bears need to get younger. You can't get younger and you can't get better by overpaying veterans. They already did that with Andrew Vatham. We've seen how that works. They did it with, you know, other players as well. We've seen how it works. It rarely ever works. You always cut bait too soon rather than too late. So, you know, but what I found interesting is, is that one day that he was out on the practice field and then he just basically left and then there was no explanation for for it and ryan pace still wouldn't give any sort of clarification it's just simple stuff like that where it's like you know and then on top of all that and again i I don't want to get into beating a dead horse because i've already said what i said on twitter but i find it very interesting how and i could be wrong but i feel like the only time that ryan pace has spoke all year that has actually been carried live by you know the bears and the radio stations and stuff like that was when he was with Matt Nagy and that was right after the draft but other than that any any sort of media session that he's had on his own you know scheduled media session outside of the interviews that he's done separately haven't been televised haven't been covered and it just doesn't make any sense to me why that is i don't understand it's like obviously they're basically saying everything that they need to say without actually, you know, actually speaking words in terms of they see that there's a lot of turmoil. It's clear that Ryan Pace doesn't want to be put, you know, under the gun on camera, you know, with, with these injury questions, with the questions of Justin Fields and everything else. I, you know, I, I guess the only other thing that kind of stood out to me that's beginning to become annoying is it seems like the focus for the bears in terms of controlling the message is more about Andy Dalton than it is Justin Fields. It's like nobody, you know, nobody cares, man. Nobody cares about how you feel about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's here on a one-year $10 million deal. You traded up to number 11 and drafted your future quarterback. You know, it would be, even if you're not going to say a plan, I, I just, I feel like it does fans a disservice to sit there and say how confident you are in Andy Dalton and how much you want to see him and how comfortable, blah, 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 all that stuff. None of that matters because we know at some point if history has, said anything history has proven itself at all at some point in time justin fields will start whether that's because andy dalton gets hurt whether that's because andy dalton's awful early in the season and they try to make a change to save some jobs or whether that means that they're out of it come you know week 11 week 12 week 13 and they decide you know what it's time to get justin Fields some reps in so next year he can hit the ground running i mean either way we know that at some point in time you know, Justin Fields is going to make the start because they're start starting games because we know that the Bears aren't going to, they're not going to win 12 games like Kansas City did with, with, uh, uh, with Alex Smith. That's just not a, it's just not a realistic thing. But again, it just feels like anytime Ryan Pace takes the mic, 
not only are they, it feels like they're kind of hiding him, but he doesn't say anything of worth. It just seems kind of like a pointless exercise. Yeah, and, you know, we should be really used to it by now because this is how it always is, even when he does talk in front of the cameras. You know, and he just had kind of some generic answers again today. And and I've gone through most of the quotes, not all of them yet, but kind of picking through some of them, you know, he's asked, is Fields further ahead than what you thought? And his answer, you know, honestly, he's really not. Um, for us to move up and take him where we did, you know how we feel about him. I think he's exactly what we thought he was going to be, is exactly what we'd hoped he would be. And I don't think that changes our plan at all. The plan, the plan, the plan, the plan. That's what they've been sticking to all offseason. And it's frustrating because, you know, anyone that's been watching this team, man, it's clear Justin Fields is the better quarterback. But for whatever reason, they want to stick to Andy Dalton and go with him. But like I said, I think Fields going to be starting sooner than we think. I'd give it till week three at this point. I think he's going to be out there. And honestly, Aaron, you know, you may disagree with this, but I really think the only thing that matters this year for the Bears, I'd love for them to go to the playoffs. All the fans would. I don't see it happening, but the only thing that honestly matters is Justin Fields and his development. But in order to, you know, be properly brought along in the NFL and develop, you have to play in games. You have to get caught up to the speed of things and you have to see things in order to learn from them and kind of build on them and get better from. So that obviously be the biggest storyline, but yeah, man, we're 10 days away now from 10 or 11 days here away from, uh, depending on when you listen to this, week one with the bears going into Los Angeles and I'm excited for the season to start despite my confidence, not really being so high. It is football and we at least get some football back. Well, and I think, you know, and I said this on Twitter yesterday, I think you can simultaneously not be optimistic about this year or not feel great about this year, but also still be optimistic for the future because the reality of it is if Justin Fields is who we think he is, then the bears can figure out the rest around him. And that means, I mean, again, I mean, it would take, you know, by all accounts, an absolute miracle for them to be a super, you know, considered a Super Bowl contender next year. Um, You know, but at the same time, I mean, and that's kind of the thing. I, I, I think we can all agree. Yes. The bears have made the playoffs two times over the last three seasons, but I think we can all agree that the feeling and the optimism and the viewpoint of the team was very different from 2018 than it was this past year when they made the playoffs. I don't think anybody really picked them to win a game in the playoffs this last year versus in 2018, where it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. You win a game, get over the hurdle and you'll see what happens. I, I don't know if they were considered Super Bowl contenders by any means, but I, I also do think, I mean, they were the third seed and they won 12 games. I think a lot of people had a different viewpoint of them in 2018 versus 2020 And I say that because, again, really, I think the ceiling for this team this year is probably nine wins, which may, you know, end up getting them that seventh seed. But again, you know, there are levels to the game of football. There there are levels to the NFL in terms of teams being good and not. And yes, every once in a while, you have that fluke where a team will, you know, get in as the last wild card. Or they'll, they'll win the Super Bowl, but usually those teams that are labeled Super Bowl contenders, it's not every single team that makes the playoffs. It's not like baseball where you get in and things happen. It's 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 much different, uh, you know, with football. So I say that just because it's like just because we look at 2021 as is a season where they may only win, you know, six, seven, eight, maybe nine games doesn't mean that you cannot be optimistic for the future because the future is Justin Fields and the future is building around him and figuring things out. And I think if anything, 
you know, the win loss isn't really as important so much as the overall development, like you said, of this team of Justin Fields, uh, you know, at some point he will play games. I'm, I'm very confident about that. I think you are as well. It's just going to be a matter of what else around the roster they can figure out and what else can kind of pop. I don't think a lot of people expected Darnell Mooney to be the unquestioned, you know, second receiver on this team uh, this time last year. I mean, a lot of people thought Ted Ginn Jr. was going to actually produce in the slot, and obviously he didn't. So there are a lot of things that we think we know or we have a good idea about, but the reality of it is until the season plays out, we won't really see some of these maybe these, you know, those overlooked guys that are going to be contributors down the line and maybe step in starting roles over the next few years. Those are the kind of things that we need to see this season. I think that's a lot more important than winning nine games and getting beaten wild card right out of the gate. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the future of the franchise and the development of key players like Justin Fields, the health of Tevin Jenkins, a rookie like Larry Bora, maybe Cleo Herbert can contribute and then get out of these bad deals eventually and just build your team around Justin Fields. And like you said, take advantage of the rookie window because if Justin Fields is really good and I don't want to look too far ahead, the price to keep him down the line is going to be insane with the way that quarterback contracts are going. So that's just to keep in mind, obviously we're excited for the new season, uh, but just gotta be a little optimistic here about everything. Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and read your work at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z A C K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be back next week to preview week one between the Bears and Rams, give our insight on uh, the start of the season for the Sunday night primetime showdown. Until then, everyone, please stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.